1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is the Tim May Show. Yes, the Tim May Show. I've been having a hard time saying it every time. I have to remind myself uh, I've got a co-pilot on, though, who actually posts these shows for me. And uh, he's coming out of hiding because you know him well. If you know anything about Lettermonroe.com, about uh, on3.com, and of course, even about the, the old Tim May podcast and now the Tim May Show uh, he claims he hadn't been on this show very much, if at all. Uh he's probably right, but only because I forgot to invite him. But Spencer Holbrook of LettermanRow.com, welcome back to the Tim May Show.
0: Tim, it feels good to be back. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate the conversation.
1: Yeah. You're such a polite young man, but uh you must have gotten that when you went to Ohio University. I know you didn't I know you didn't grow up like that, uh, son of a what, farmer, et cetera, out in uh, West Midwest Ohio. But uh, we'll get into that some other time, I'm sure. But uh, bottom line is I wanted to have you on, man. I've got a guest this week, uh, Taiwan Malone, the recently signed uh, transfer portal. I was about to re- be redundant there. The recently signed transfer portal transfer <laughs> from Ole Miss, the second fella they've signed from Ole Miss in the last uh, several months. And to the defense, joining uh, Davis and Nick Binosin, uh Taiwan Malone, of course, big time, big, coming out of high school, considered a big time uh, defensive tackle prospect, somebody that uh, Larry Johnson was on and wanted. They wanted Taiwan Malone. He opted to go to Ole Miss. And now that Ole Miss to Ohio State transfer portal pipeline, that's kind of cool sounding when you think about it, right? is yeah. alive and well and pumping. And uh, I've got him on just talking about A lot of things, including, you know, he's already in Columbus. He's already practicing with the team. You know, full, full, what you call full-bore off-season summer workout started this week at Ohio State, uh, where the coaches can be with the players, uh, what, four hours out of the eight hours they're allowed to work out. You know, basically, I think, be, in essence, commanded to work out and do things uh, with the team. And, of course, guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. spend probably half their week uh, in in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center, if not more. But uh, uh, I just wanted to get your take now that the transfer portal, I think, is closed for Ohio State. Is that correct? I mean, uh, I don't see anybody else getting signed. Uh, do you see anybody else floating out there that they could grab?
0: No, I don't think so, Tim. And I think you know, you look at that that weekend of the last month where the Buckeyes hosted Taiwan Malone and Josh Simmons and Lorenzo Styles, and they go three for three there. And I yeah. think that's the three that they wanted from the portal. They circled those names. They realized those are guys who could help them win a national championship. They targeted him, and they got all three. And I think that's the sign of a successful weekend, if I do say so myself. I know a lot of people in the building, uh, the support staff, were really excited about that, being able to say they went three for three on a weekend. That's, that's a big thing for them. And so now I, I think that they're done. I think they're done. And I think that they're, they're going to – be okay with being done uh there's not a lot of guys left in the portal you look through there and you think is this guy better than what we've got or is this guy able to give us a boost i don't know if there's anybody else there so i think they're done i think they can feel really good about the moves that they made this offseason not just in the spring window but in the winter window as well
1: i agree i mean uh you know a lot of people want to criticize ohio state for this that and the other about sneezing the wrong way you know i'm throwing the wrong way you know what i'm talking about, but. Uh, the bottom line is that I think they've got, including Davis and Nick Binosin, for example, the, the four I like. I mean, Jihad Carter, we'll see how he comes along coming back from the injury he suffered in the spring, uh, the transfer from Syracuse uh, safety, who they were expecting to make an immediate impact, at least into the depth situation. But all counting him, all five of these guys, I think, will factor into the depth equation immediately, if nothing else. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. I'm including uh, Davis and Nick Benosin, the quarterback from Ole Miss. And uh, like you said, the three guys you just mentioned, Lorenzo Stiles, tra- tra- not only transferring from Notre Dame, but transferring spots from offen- offense to defense, becoming a cornerback again in that cornerback uh, safety room. Uh, you know, And then Josh Simmons, I mean, the kid that got the right tackle they got from San Diego State. I think that that we'll see how it goes, right? Those first two weeks of preseason camp, but going yeah. to have immediate impact along with Taiwan Malone go ahead
0: uh, if i had to place one right now i would say place a prediction right now i'd say Josh Simmons will start at right tackle i think he's got the experience there so mark one down that's a, a starter then you've got Lorenzo Styles a potential future starter i don't think he's going to make a lot of noise this year as he goes through development and position change but you never know he's athletic enough to take that jump you look at uh Taiwan Malone i don't think he'll start over Mike Hall and Ty Hamilton. But if you told me he was the third best defensive t- tackle on the roster, it won't surprise me. I think Tylee Williams is still a little unproven as far as, uh, you know, being able to be on the field for a long period of time, longevity. I think that's important. So Taiwan Malone, you could mark him up as a major contributor. Davis and the same way. Jahad yeah. Carter, probably in the rotation. And, oh, by the way, I know this isn't really talked about very much, but you got a new long snapper you needed one mason yep. arnold off the michigan state you saw how important a long snapper can be and making sure the plays are correct against that michigan last year we wrote about that at lettermanrow.com and so they go out they get an arizona state starter who was a pretty good long snapper last year and john Furlman. i know people don't come here to talk about the long snapper but they got a starter out of the transfer portal and that's one of the guys that you have to rely on to get things right for field goals for punts for key situations and so that's why I think they really hit a home run here is even the guys we don't think about that they've that they've picked up in the portal, they've done a really good job of identifying this is exactly what we need, this is exactly why we're going into the portal, and this is who we're going to grab out of it.
1: Dude, do you realize, I mean, I know you realize this because we've talked about it, uh, you, me, and Andy Backstrom, uh, but uh, those two fake punts they tried to run last year were so huge because <laughs> neither one of them, you know, uh, neither one of them came to fruition uh and yeah I think I think the deep snapper was as involved in in that not happening as anybody but uh just against Georgia and of course when they you know just another split second earlier and they're 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 rocking and rolling still against Georgia as we speak matter of fact they probably win the national championship because I think that play would have really flipped that game big time not the game was already sort of flipped and then of course the michigan debacle that was that was crazy i mean they had the perfect setup it just you know didn't get the ball off but uh it's it's crazy how how that works isn't it and and what those just those two plays would have the difference they would have made in that season
0: yeah i mean you look at that that michigan play and they got they did get the playoff it just didn't get snapped to the right guy tommy eikenberg's looking for the football mitch rossi's looking for you know those guys were looking for the ball they knew it was supposed to come to them and there was nothing but green grass on that left side if they score there they probably go up 27 to 20 instead of being down 24 20 and then you give the ball back to michigan because it hit jesse murko in the chest and you got to punt it away at that point so you know it's just it's crazy that uh I just the way that things work sometimes. You know, they fake a punt against Ruckers and we get that debacle. But yep. then they try to fake one against Michigan and you get a debacle out of that. You try to fake one against Georgia and it's one of the all time great timeouts uh now in maybe college football history. Uh just because it was such a timely timeout that proved to be uh, you know, a winner uh for Georgia and it, ended up winning them the national championship ultimately. So Absolutely. it's just weird that those things yeah. happen. You know, you're you're talking about legacies hinging on a couple punts there. And, and it's just, it's crazy. But now they've got a new long snapper. And it's, you know, he's got to have all those, that stuff, right. Or else, you know, something like that could happen again to Ohio State.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just talking about, you know, the, the, the play before the play against Michigan was, you know, where the, anyway, that's, that's crazy. Well let's, that get, hey, drive, let's get into Tim, what
0: that whole drive, Tim, with the with the headbutting and uh, you yeah. get into the situation and CJ Stroud gets you all the way back into respectable territory so you even have a chance to fake a punt. I mean you you could write a book about that that series that yeah. that, that that game and just just crazy what those things could do to a
1: game. Exactly. But man, cover somebody. That's the other that's the other chapter in that book. Huh. That, no, that's the other book. Uh, yeah. You could have a you could have a book about that play, and then you could have a book about uh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Uh, on the pass plays that were given, you know, uh, real quick, uh, uh, somebody uh, made some comment. I think you you wrote a story uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week for LettermanRow.com about you know the pass coverage or something. Anyway, but somebody or we might have had a video, but somebody commented, well they've got to they've got to learn to turn their head and look back for the ball. And I go almost every big play that Ohio state gave up against Michigan and Georgia that had nothing to do with anything. It was, it was guys running wide open and free or a guy missing a tackle, you know? And it was like, you know, everybody has their own, uh, own, uh, own special, uh, ointment for fixing whatever's wrong. Right. And turn your head back and look for the ball. They don't even, they really don't even treat, uh, test, uh, uh, teach that in the NFL anymore. It's like, you know, watch the guy's eyes come up through come up through the ball, you know, with your hands. And uh, you know, and they don't want the man on man guy to lose sight of his man, you know, and uh, which we've seen happen uh, many times. But uh, but I digress as usual. And I appreciate you coming on. Hey, let's get to my conversation with Taiwan Malone, who, you know, I'm intrigued by this guy. It's like I told him, I said, you know, football, what defines what the difference between football and seven on seven? Uh, Is the big guys, you know, Mm -hmm. the big guys are what make or break your football team ultimately uh, from good to elite, make it from good to great to elite is the big guys. How do they play in the big games and stuff? And here's a guy coming from the Southeastern Conference after two years at Ole Miss. And what intrigued me as much about him, about him being a possible immediate uh, contributor on the Ohio State defensive line, definitely in the rotation, uh, is also – his baseball, which he's pretty much given up, but dude, he could smack a baseball, you know, matter of fact, his first, his first game with Ole Miss, when he came up and intending to play both sports, you know, he hits a home run and becomes sort of a legend down there. But what is he six foot six, three ten, whatever his size is, you know, he he was the Bambino as I called him, uh, you know, growing up in, in Bergen, uh, New Jersey, go playing for Bergen Catholic. And then going to Ole Miss, and immediately, you know, he was part of a national championship baseball team down there, and that's that's kind of an incredible experience, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, to to be able to do the things that he's done, he'll walk into that that uh, Ohio State meeting room and be one of the only guys with a national title ring, which Correct. is kind of crazy. You you think about the guys who are in there right now, and the coaching staff is just incredible, and it's littered with, you know, very talented people, and Taiwan Malone's going to have the only ring on because. Uh, of a national championship in baseball of all sports at Ole Miss. So uh, just an interesting little tidbit there to follow. And,
1: yeah, uh, it's really funny They recognize that uh, Ole Miss national championship baseball team, I think early in the season, football season last year, and there's this video you could, you could see they've got them all out on the football field at halftime. I think it was a halftime. And it kind of reminded you of the old high school uh, 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 videos where the – you know, the king and queen of the homecoming, the king is like part of the football team. So he's out there with his football uniform on. And there was Taiwan Malone out there with his football uniform on. But anyway, I digress. Hey, let's get to my conversation with him. We'll come back and hit a couple of other things. And <clears throat> something uh, interesting I want to talk to you about in your life. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, here's my uh, conversation with Taiwan Malone. As promised, ladies and gentlemen, a special guest. Heck, he's already moving in to, uh, Columbus, Ohio. He's already had a workout or two with the Ohio State football team. Thanks uh-huh. start in earnest, have started in earnest this week. And uh Taiwan Malone, man. Welcome to the Tim May Show.
2: I uh, appreciate that. Before we start, I just want to put a special shout out to the 1870 Society the Club. Uh they really helped me out with my moving and stuff like that, getting me settled in. So I just want to thank them for that first and foremost. Wow, they provide
1: they they provide moving services. I mean, that's that's a pretty nice collective, isn't it?
2: Now nah, they ain't provide no moving service. They just helped me uh find out where are some good spots in the Columbus that I can live at. So they help me with that stuff. So
1: I got you. Well, it's good to have friends, right? Even when you're moving to a new place. I would think uh, Davis and Egbinosen knows you though, doesn't he?
2: Y'all are y'all are buddies, aren't you? Oh, yeah. yes sir. Yeah, we is yes sir.
1: This old Miss pipeline, Ohio State is tapped. What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Taiwan? I mean, uh, it, number one, let's just get into it real quick. Uh. Obviously, you're transferring from Ole Miss. You jumped in the transfer portal. That portal must be pretty big to get you in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, number one, why'd you jump in the portal? Explain to people. And then number two, why Ohio State? Uh,
2: well, first and foremost, um, I tra- I entered the transfer portal based off of just a feeling that I had and just talking to my peoples. And I just felt like it was the right decision for me and my family to do. Uh, all the credit in the world with coach, with all the coaches at will Miss, like they showed me number love since I've been down there. Uh, I can say they really, they really taught me a lot about football and all the keys that I need to, uh, to live in, uh, in the world right now. So I just want to shout out to that. And then the reason why I left is just because, like I said, it was just I felt like I needed a new first start, a new beginning. And then, and that's pretty much it. And then for uh, Ohio State is. You know, Coach Johnson. He's a legendary D line coach. You know, he produced the kids in the league. And when I was coming out of high school, uh, he was really someone I was really close with. But then I ended up choosing uh Ole Miss for uh to play at. So he still kept uh touching me, uh always making sure I was good. And then once I hit the portal and stuff like that, he called my phone. And then I knew at that point that I knew where I had to go.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Davis and Nick Benozen is a guy Ohio State really didn't call. You know, uh when in the original. Uh, recruiting and uh mm-hmm. but as soon as they rang it's that's this is a place he wanted to come to ohio state and uh you're a guy they wanted but you went you went down to taste the southeastern conference in old miss right uh, uh
2: okay.
1: you know what did davison I do would think you at least contacted him. Hey, what's it like up there? I mean uh what what kind of feedback did you get from him?
2: I mean yeah once I hit the portal I knew that he ended up coming to Ohio State. So once they gave me the call when I was in the portal uh I hit him up, by asked him, I say hey man like I'm thinking about coming down here. Tell me what you think of the program. He just said no, but great, amazing things about the program. He just told me how they're gonna they gonna treat you well, and then if you just come down here putting that work, they're gonna take care of you. So I really like that for him. And then like I said before, I already knew most of the coaches and stuff like that from my previous times at uh, a high school. But now nah, Davidson did none. He just had nothing but good things to say about the program, and that was pretty much our conversation yeah
1: i mean it's it's pretty funny man word of mouth is 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 better than almost any other thing isn't it i mean you can get it from somebody who's been there done that right yep uh that one by the way how how is that how do you pronounce that taiwan
2: taiwan same thing taiwan yeah
1: i know but uh, why not taiwan or taiwan Own. i mean uh
2: uh, I, I don't know. You gotta ask my dad, he's the one who named me, so you gotta go through him. I don't know why it sounds like that or why is it saying like that, but I just know that's how I go by. So,
1: well, I know whose side you're on in the Chinese Taiwan uh, conflict, but we'll, that's, that's for another day, man. That's for another day. Uh, uh, number one, explain to people when you move, you know, when you make this transfer portal move, obviously, you got some help. Like you said from your from your new best friends, you know, moving up here and stuff. Uh, but what all do you have to take care of? You you got to make sure you're in good academic standing, right? You you had done that right, and uh, but just what all has to happen uh, between the time you make your decision to the time you're sitting here talking to me in your new apartment, your new digs.
2: Um. Yeah. It was. It was. I wasn't really gonna say it was a long process because it wasn't really that long. It was probably about a couple months and stuff. So, but like once I entered, uh, I just see. I was just showing out, just saying who's gonna call my phone, and it happened to be in Ohio State. So I already, like I said, I already knew what the program was about, and then they just reassured me about all the new things they got going on, how many, what the depth look like down here, and that they said that they need a need and they need help in my position. So I just answered the phone. And I told them I'm coming. Yeah,
1: but but then you had to make sure you were, you know, you were done academically at Ole Miss, right? I mean you had to you have to
2: be up oh, yeah. to age. I I ain't, so I ain't yeah. really yeah, yes, yeah, sir. I, I ain't moved here uh, like exactly as soon as I come in. I, I had to finish my finals in school. I was still in school. Sure. Uh while we was doing the recruitment process. So I had to do all my classes and finish all that. But then once finals was done and everything was squared away, I just made my move down here. That's
1: what I mean. That's what I mean. You have you have to take care of business after you make up your mind, and then and, uh, yeah. and then you show up. And uh, how hard is it moving to another? You know, you're coming from Ole Miss. I mean, Oxford, Mississippi is about as big as my backyard. I got a pretty big <laughs> backyard, but it's not that big. Uh, yeah. You're moving back to uh, you know something you're kind of used to, a metropolitan kind of area. You know, ladies and gentlemen, he's from Bergen Catholic, Bergen, uh, Bergen, New Jersey, uh, which is right across the river from uh, from the Big Apple. Right? What are y'all the the big peach what What are you guys at Bergen
2: I, um oh excuse me Hold on.
1: I didn't mean to stump you man <laughs> y'all I don't think y'all have a nickname I was just trying to see if you'd give oh
2: them. yeah we don't we just go by Crusaders that's all I know yeah.
1: just- the, the big <laughs> guys from Bergen that's what you guys are but uh but does it feel good to be back in sort of a metro area I mean I mean I don't know uh, you know you probably liked uh, Oxford I don't know oh
2: no, yeah I like Oxford it was a, it was a nice it's for my experience, Oxford was just a nice, quiet town. Yeah, uh, it's a mind right to give everything you need to get done. It wasn't too big, but uh, moving down here, it do remind me a lot back home. You know, with the city and all the stuff and stuff like that, all the buildings and stuff. So it really wasn't a hard transaction for me because it's something I I was used to my whole life living. And then when I went to Oxford, Oxford, I would probably say it was probably more of a difficult adjustment. Yeah, just because just because I came from the city and then I moved down to the south. But then, other than that, it just feels right back at home to me. I
1: know, man. I fi- I figured it would. I just wanted to see what you'd say. You know? Oh man, I pine for the pine for the small small town days where there's one raisin cane uh, instead of tw- instead of ten. But uh, but I digress. <laughs> the one bow jangles. Uh, hey, uh, uh, what do you think you bring, Taiwan? That that will make you a success at Ohio State. What is it that you bring along with your attitude? Obviously, you've got a great attitude. Uh, for a defensive lineman what do you bring that you think will aid and abet ohio state uh getting back to a big 10 championship game and and a possible national championship
2: uh my accountability like i'm a type of, i'm a type of kid that you put your trust in me i'm gonna have your back. i'm gonna end up running through a wall for you so that's a big thing with me It's all about trust and loyalty so um what else will i bring to the table just my game and my game in general like if you need me to do certain stuff, oh, I'm right there. I'm going to do it. If you need me to line up in a five or line up in a three, I'm all with it. Along just whatever you really need for me to do, that's exactly what I'm going to come and do. That's how yeah. I put it like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say they do that, but, I mean, you you clearly have the physical capability of playing what I call the piano up and down that line, don't you? I mean, uh, you, you do have that ability, right? Yes, sir. And uh, uh, wait a minute. I don't know how to ask this, but I'll ask it straight up. Are you best just charging forward, or are you more of a guy that likes to stack people up and and find where the ball is? How would you ex, you know what I mean? How do you ex, how would you explain your approach to the actual
2: game? I'm more of an attack, attack react guy. Like yeah. I like to attack blocks, like attack blocks, to get vertical and find the ball. Once I get past the other line of the scrimmage, that's how I describe my game. Just like to disrupt the line and just get to the ball carrier.
1: Having played in the Southeastern Conference, what do you what do you think was the biggest benefit uh, that you bring to the table? You know what I mean that has helped you develop.
2: Um, just the competition every day. Uh, the teams that we play the big time schools. You know, you got the Bama's, you got the Georgia, all that. So just the teams that I compete against, I compete against the best players that go to the. Uh, SEC. So I feel like I learned a lot from the players on my team and the players that I played against, just watching they film, see how they do certain things, how they take on certain blocks. And then I just ingest that into my game and just went there from on now.
1: Yeah. No plays off, I think is the way I would describe it, right? When you're it's yes, sir. it's man, it's man on man when you're out there with oh, the big boy. Same way with Ohio State. I mean, hey, did you watch the Ohio
2: State Georgia game? Uh I saw a, a glimpse of it. At that time, I was probably doing my work. And just trying to be in the crib, chilling with my, pe- my peoples and stuff like that. But I definitely caught a glimpse of that game for sure.
1: No, you were getting ready to celebrate New Year's. That's what you were doing, man. The ball was <laughs>
2: dropping.
1: When, at 12 59 59, Ohio State was winning. And at midnight, Ohio State lost. Or excuse me, 11 59 59, Ohio State was winning. And at uh, midnight, uh, Ohio State lost. Do you feel like you, when you watch a game like that or you, or you look back on something like that, do you feel like, are you the kind of player who feels like you could have made a difference? You understand what I'm saying? Meaning, as good as Ohio State is, do you feel like you're one of those guys that could make a difference?
2: Oh yes, I've, absolutely. The game, my game style, and how I play, mixing with the coaching's ability to teach me and stuff over the new stuff I need to learn, I feel like I could make an impact. I, I can make an impact in any game, any front, any defensive scheme that I want. I just just tell me where I need to go, and I'm gonna get there. That's how I put it like that.
1: Come on, when when uh, let's just jump around here now. When you were, when when did you realize you were a big man? When did you know? When did you realize you were going to be a big man? You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about physically a big mm. fellow. When did it strike you that you were, you know, physically a little bit bigger than the than the than the guys in the neighborhood, the fellas you were playing with?
2: I'll say ever since pretty much kindergarten. Cause i always, I always been the biggest kid in my class yeah. all my years. So, hey, leading up to high school, then, we, you know, there was other kids my height. So I feel more like, okay, I'm not the only big guy around. But. Other than that, from middle school to uh, elementary school, I always been the biggest kid in school. So I already knew I was bigger than half the kids that I was in school with. So that's when I found out.
1: Yeah, I've been I've watched a lot of videos on you and stuff. And you've always had a great, I don't know, uh attitude, personality and stuff. And uh but I was wondering when you were a little kid, but you were the biggest kid, was it ever uncomfortable for you or did you
2: feel good about it? Uh I ain't really I didn't really mind it. I knew I was bigger than half the other kids. So they all treat me the same. There was no uh, crazy thing to it. So like, so like you said, I already knew how it, how to handle that. I knew I couldn't do certain things that other kids can do, yeah. just because of uh, how big I was. And I knew I couldn't feel me. So uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I really had for that.
1: I was gonna say, Pee Wee, you probably had that X on your helmet, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> or, or did you even get to play Pee Wee? Were you too big to play Pee Wee? Uh,
2: I, I, I was too big. Uh, I was too big to play. Actually, like uh, story went I. Yeah, I forgot what grade I, I was. I was. I tried out for my uh, town's team. Yeah, and I, I didn't know it was a weight limit type. I thought you just play football. So yeah. when it came, down, I've been practicing with them in Samoa. So once it came down to play the game, and then we all had a way in, they said I I was too big and I couldn't play with the kids. So I had to go to unlimited. So that was that. Wow. Yeah, and the thing about you though is, I mean, you know, you you're not a
1: uh, as I explained to people I've been on a bunch of, you know radio shows and TV talking about you and stuff and you're you're a big guy but you're not a fat guy I mean you're I mean just watching you play baseball and we'll get to that in a minute but uh you're not you, have you always been pretty trim and in pretty good shape you understand what I'm saying I mean just yeah. just big you know you, you know what I mean I mean if, yeah, I was was there ever a time when you were just a fat guy or
2: were you, have you always been sort of just big? Now I always just been big. Like I always knew I had like I always like to play sports. I always like to do uh, activities outside with my friends and stuff like that. So yeah, I wasn't we could say I was just some like big big guy, but I was a big dude. But I would just I never actually felt like I was a big guy. If that makes sense, you feel yeah. What I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. And uh, by the way, uh, you know what that was? What? That was a smack, man. That was a <laughs> that was a that was as close as I could get with a hairbrush to. Uh, basically simulating a bat hitting a ball and it going about 450 feet. (laughs) You have lived that many, 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 many times, uh, hitting a baseball. What is it like to hit a home run? And not just a home run, but a big home
2: run. It's a, it's a it's the most amazing uh, experience in the world, to be honest, just to see how far the ball goes and just seeing the ball jump off your bat and just see where it lands. And then you get to jog around the bases. You only got to worry about trying to run hard, trying to beat throws. You already know you're scoring. So it don't even matter. You can take your time around them bases. The, the
1: Bambino, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> are you going to try to play baseball? Obviously, you play some baseball at Ole Miss. And I think, what, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I think your first at-bat you hit a home run, didn't you, at Ole Miss? Am I wrong about that?
2: Um, I think you did, didn't you? Ever, My first ever at-bat? Yeah, it might have been your first game
1: you hit a home run, though, didn't you? Mm, I think it
2: was right center. I, I ain't going to lie, I can't remember exactly when I hit oh, my 1st Oh, because you hit so many, run. I
1: know, I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, what's I my really favorite like, kid? I really, like, you like, I really don't like to keep track to that. I just like to do what I have to do and then move on to the next bat. That's how yeah, I but that
1: still had to feel pretty good because you know oh, everybody's going, yeah. Like, yeah, this yeah. hot shot, this hot shot, he's gonna play football and baseball, and then boom, you know. Over the fence. I mean, I, like
2: I said, I, I always knew I was capable of doing that. Like ever since a yeah. little kid, I was bomb. So I always, I always knew I had that ability to be able to do all that. So it was really nothing new to me. It's just trying to get the bat to the ball, and yeah. The ball as far as I can. <laughs> but, but I would think from
1: Pee Wee on, Little League on, you've been you've been the guy, haven't you? I mean, you, yeah. right? Either mm-hmm. clean up or I put you at third. I've put you in third in the order just because I want you to bat that first inning. You know what I'm talking about? But. uh, yeah. What, what what is that like? You know, I asked you a while ago about playing football and being a big guy, but what is that like to be in that sport and being dominant? And you know, you're you're saying what 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 is that feeling like? Because you've only known that feeling.
2: <laughs> mm, I'll probably like I said, I'll probably feel like that's the best feeling in the world, just to see everybody's mouth drop when I hit the ball. I'm just like, yeah, I told you I could do this. Yeah, I thought I was joking, but I showed y'all what's up. So. Do you,
1: do you give it up to a pitcher when he doesn't try to walk you? He does try to he just try to challenge you. Does he does he get a check mark in your book? Hey, this is a guy. Hey, I like this guy. He's competitive. I like, I, yeah,
2: yeah. Now, yeah, for sure. Because I like I said, I like to compete. So I like the people to challenge me, and to ch- and I'll challenge them back. If you can give me your best, style, I'm gonna give you my best. I just have it so you better not miss. Or that ball is gonna go far. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. That's what I want to ask you now. You you don't remember that you know your first game or first at bat, maybe at Ole Miss. What is one home run you definitely remember? Hmm. And the thing about it is, man, you hold that – the bat looks like a toothpick when you're holding. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> Reminds me of a former Ohio State uh, guy uh, player named Frank Howard who ended up playing for the Washington Senators way back, way back in the 60s, you know, and stuff. I mean, he would hold a bat and it looked like a toothpick in his hands. Go ahead now.
2: Um, My favorite home run at Ole Miss? Yeah. I, it I, I meant did something? It. Or, yeah, go ahead. Gotta be my first one. Like that was probably because it was my first ever college home run in the SEC. Well, playing for SEC team, so that's definitely. I was just. I was just had a big old smile when going around the business. Like I, it was just one of them achievements. Was like I knew I could do this moment. I knew I was built for this moment. I knew I could do it. And I just executed that time. So it was a big. It was a big moment for me.
1: I gotta watch you, man, because you told me what you just said a while ago. You don't remember that, and I knew you did because that was. That like cemented it with everybody. You got interviewed after the game. I mean, it was a it was a big moment, because, because it also proved you were legit being a, in my opinion, being a a, a two sport player, right? I mean, it it proved your legitimacy, right? Yes, sir. Are you are you going to try to do the? Are, are you are have you asked about playing baseball at Ohio State, or are you pretty much now a football major?
2: No, I'm just a football major as of right now. And, uh, I, yeah. So how tough, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tyler. Go ahead. Uh, answer, your question. Uh, answer now, your question.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, how tough is it to look in your rear view mirror and see baseball? You understand what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, it was, it was a difficult choice to stop playing and focus on one, but at, like at the same time, I knew that I, at the end of the day, I knew I was going to have to choose one and, uh, to further my uh, career. So, um, uh, when I stopped playing at old Miss I just feel like football was a better opportunity for me and I feel like I can go far with that. So I'm just going to ride right with that and just give that all my best and see what I can take. Me. I
1: got you. Hey, last thing, uh, uh, Ohio state, obviously, uh, when this, when this is running, Ohio state has jumped into full time into its uh summer conditioning program and you get to meet with the coaches and do all kinds of things, you know, and, uh, uh, do you feel like a man in a hurry right now to prove yourself? I mean, uh, you know, obviously the season isn't that far away when you think about it. Um, yeah. um, the uh, September 2nd or whatever is going to come mighty quickly. Uh, but do you feel like you're a man in a hurry? Or wh- how would you describe your your sense right now?
2: Um, I wouldn't say I'm a man in a hurry. i am also say that um, I'm here to to make a point, to prove something just not to people but to myself, that you can really be dominant if you put everything in your heart, your mind, everything you need into it. So it wasn't really no rush for me. I knew I was going to have to come in here to be a dude. Like, that's any that's how you go to indie top program. You got to come in there and show them why they, they chose you and why you chose them. You just got to give them all you got. So I wouldn't say there's no pressure or no uh, rush or anything. I feel like I just got to take it day by day and just give the best. If I can give the best I can give, each and every day is going to end up with good results.
1: Yeah, that's what gets me about Ohio State. I've said this on a bunch of times. Is now in this program, you know, everybody's there for a purpose. You don't have slackers. You know what I mean? There aren't there aren't guys just gliding through practice or gliding through meetings because you if you do, you get left behind. And uh, uh, and you looking around that room, you know, you got JT Tuimolo out there, probable All American coming up this year. Maybe Jack Sawyer, same thing. You know, Talik Williams. You know, sitting there, you and you and him are going to be going at it. I mean, uh, right on down to Mike Hall. I mean, uh, Ty Hamilton. That that's a pretty nice room you've stepped into, isn't it? Yes, sir. Have Have they welcomed you with open arms? How would you How would you describe the welcome?
2: Uh, the welcome was a great. Uh, I actually, when I came down here, I was with Ty Leek and Ty. Uh, they was the people that were showing me around, and we just got along, hanging out, chilling, playing the little video games we'd be playing and just talking about uh, Ohio State, and, t- and they was telling me uh, that that this is the place. If you want to get developed, you want to work hard, and you want to win big championships, you got to come right here. They're going to do all that for you. As long as you like I said, as long as you, all you got to do is just put in the work, put your mind, your heart, your effort, everything into it. You're going to come out good with that.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Taiwan Malone, uh, who is now dedicated himself to smacking offensive linemen out of the way instead of smacking baseballs. Taiwan, thanks for joining the Tim May Show, my man.
2: Uh, appreciate you for having me. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I appreciate Taiwan Malone uh sitting down for a few minutes there. Uh, as he was moving in to his apartment uh in Columbus. And like like I said, uh, you know, Spence, he's he's now taking part in the off season drills. I'm not sure you should call him off season because it's it's definitely the season for the football players because really their preseason camp, really when you think about it, started this week, right? I mean, building toward uh these aren't OTAs, you know, where they go and come, building toward uh the start of of uh preseason camp in August. And of course that season opener at Indiana on September 2nd. But, you know, I, I really like the personality of Taiwan Malone. And, you know, he's fit in, it seems like according to him, he's fit in pretty well with his new Teammates, you kind of get that sense, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that this is just a great time for guys to, uh, you know, take what they did in the winter and translate it onto the field a little more. Uh, Yeah. You get on the field a little more for for drill work and and teammates, you know, getting on the field together, receivers and running backs and quarterbacks or defensive backs, uh, you know, getting on the field together a little more in that summer than they do the winter. So, but you're also in the weight room a lot, and so. You know the winter, the winter and the summer, great times for the development, especially those young guys. They get get time with their teammates, get acclimated to life at Ohio State. Spring ball obviously is down to business. It's spring ball, one to fifteen, then fifteen to forty-five, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, leading up to September there in August. So I really like this time of year. I think that it's great, uh, especially for a guy like Taiwan Malone, who arguably should have already been in the program for two years. I think maybe yep. maybe he. Uh, I don't think that he regrets what he did, but. But Ohio State was a major player for his recruit in his recruitment, and now two years later, he ultimately ends up being at Ohio State, and so you kind of see that he, you know, went back on that decision at Ole Miss and, and comes back to Ohio State where he maybe should have been all along. So yeah, it's, well, it's what a pipeline! Yeah,
1: what yeah. a pipeline with Ocean and Taiwan Malone, In New Jersey, Ole Miss, Ohio State. You know what I mean? It's a it's a route, kind of like a Ohio Keystone place. pipeline. Go ahead now. What?
0: <laughs> if I were driving from Bergen, New Jersey, or Union, New Jersey, I probably wouldn't stop in Oxford, Mississippi. But
1: yeah. to each their own, uh, and uh, everybody's path is a little different. Tim, but the, but the great thing about both those guys, and I even brought it up with Taiwan, is you got to taste uh, playing, and you know, obviously, Davison started eleven games last year, if I remember correctly, the number for uh, Ole Miss at, at cornerback as a freshman. You know, and and but you got to you got to get a taste. You got to slap in the face of the intensity playing in the Southeastern conference, the intensity you have to play with, you know, each and every day. And I think it's that way in the big 10. I mean, you look at Ohio state schedule right now, you know, you've, you've broken it down before, but I mean, there are Notre Dame, there are challenges on this schedule, Notre Dame, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Penn state, uh, Michigan, uh, just to name four, those are four big time challenges for this team. We're, Things will be up in the air going into those games, especially what promises to be some kind of interesting time slot for that Wisconsin game, right at Wisconsin. Luke Fickle in his first year. What that's the last Saturday in October. You know, I, I've been to games up there at night. You know, if we hadn't been declared a night game yet, but uh, that's a tough place to play. I mean, that's an understatement. You <laughs> know, but uh, we've seen a lot of Ohio State dreams go down. Go uh, go down. In flames against, uh, well, at least three of these four teams.
0: Let's also not, Tim, just skate past uh, September 16th. And I think that's weird to talk about. But uh, if there's one team that's going to test the Ohio State secondary early in this schedule, it is Western Kentucky. And um, yep. that team will throw the football. And they yep. are not afraid to do it four times and give you the ball back. Yep. And if you don't stop them, they're going to throw for 600 yards. And if you, Did do you stop fix them, it? Hey,
1: did you fix it or not, right?
0: Yeah, because Indiana's not going to give you much to worry about, and Youngstown State's not going to give you much to worry about. But before you head to Notre Dame, you got to face Western Kentucky, and that team's going to throw the football now. So, you know, there's some interesting tests on this schedule, Western Kentucky and Maryland included, if I can throw two more in there.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Maryland. Maryland's only problem is having to play Ohio State in Ohio Stadium. You know <laughs> that, that, that doesn't go as well for them as playing them in uh, whatever that's called over there, Terp Field. But uh, but yeah, Western Kentucky. I'm all, you know like you, I always I'm already looking ahead. I've watched some uh, stuff about Western Kentucky and re- you know read some things. I really think you know. Well, speaking of having Taiwan Malone on my on my uh, show this week, but I just really think the, the Ohio State defensive line. Could be the real difference maker in that game. It needs to be, but I really think it could be based on the matchups. so you know, we'll we'll talk more about that as we get closer to that game. And speaking of matchups, so uh, before we break or move on here and uh, call it call it a day, uh, you're getting a matchup. Is it made in heaven? You're getting married what? uh June the what? uh we'll give away the date on the show, Tim..
0: Uh... Won't give away the venue either, but uh yeah, here coming up. Yeah, you head.
1: don't want any crashers like uh like uh like Prince Harry and stuff, but go ahead.
0: Yeah, I don't need Vince Vaughn and Noah Wilson showing up, uh, or Will Farrell to crash any weddings. So yeah, yeah, but it, it's coming up pretty quickly, and uh Corey and I are really excited and we can't wait. Uh obviously, a uh, big day for us. A lot of planning still yet to do, a lot of things still left to do on the checklist, but uh definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, everything that's coming our way and looking forward to a couple, a couple weeks away from the job as well, right after in the immediate aftermath.
1: Yeah. But my fellow, you are gonna go to Hawaii. I'll give that away. You're going to go to Hawaii for your honeymoon and, uh, that'll be a great trip. But then, you know, you're just taking that big step. And are you, are you, are you nervous even now just thinking about it? Obviously y'all are planning a big wedding. You know, even I think every day you're doing, you're doing something for it. I think my wife and I, we pretty much spent about two days on our wedding. Of course, that was back in we were, we were, got married in Massachusetts and, uh, you know, small ceremony, but still it was fun. And, uh, but, but are you nervous or uh, how would you explain it to people?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that I would be a fool to say that I'm not nervous. Uh, you know, you'll, it's kind of like uh, when you, when I proposed, you know, the answer, but you still get all nervous about it. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's something that I've been processing for a little while now. Uh I think she has as well. Uh just a big day with both of our families and a lot of people that we care about and who we we like to think care about us pretty deeply. And so uh there's not a lot to be nervous about, but you still get that still get that when you when it happens. And so yeah, here in the last next couple of weeks will be uh a little bit of a rush, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Well when you've got your when you've got the picture of you proposing to her on your Twitter, you know, Twitter handle, I think you still do, don't you? Yeah. 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 That means it's a pretty important situation for her. I I wish you all the best, you know, and I, you know, and of course I got to, I got to get around to returning your uh, wedding gift I gave you and get you something else, you know, but that's the uh, coinky dink of life there. Sometimes uh, two great minds think alike. And that was, that happened to be the case uh, with me and someone who, who I won't name, but uh, I'm going to take care of you, my man, but I wish you all the best, both both you and Corey, I wish you all the best. And uh, if I don't see you between now and then, Uh, because it it is a big moment it's you know it's becoming a real it's becoming a real grown-up so to speak you know but uh, you feel like that too don't you
0: yeah I felt like a grown-up for a while I've actually related all back to Ohio State football it's it's crazy that uh, this is my fifth going to be my fifth year uh, covering the team and you know I don't have anything on 40 years I'm one-eighth of the way there I guess this year yeah Uh, but you know I, I just think back to August 31st 2019 in the horseshoe and watching Ryan Day versus Lane Kiffin and Justin Fields uh, you know first first couple plays there running for a touchdown and just think back to that and then you know almost so much time has gone by five years of of covering the team now and it's, it's just crazy to think about that it's gone that fast and you know Corey and I have been together for for more than five years and it's crazy to think of that all going by so fast and so yeah, I feel like an adult more every day. Probably more every time I play golf, my back and 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 you know some muscles and stuff is <laughs> yeah. starting to catch up to me. When I hear people say, "Oh, you're still young," well, that doesn't mean I don't get sore when I do. So you know, it, it's one of it, it, you feel different. Oh yeah. from an adult every day. And, and,
1: uh, hey, dude, ask Will Zelatoris about uh, about your back in golf, or uh, a guy named Tiger Woods. It's it's not our totally real natural motion. You know, it's like. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think God intended for us to chop wood or play golf, but I may be wrong about that. Hey, real quick, uh, before we go, I just wanted to, you know, people know me, know that I also go to Indianapolis every year, uh, post stuff on my YouTube channel, and I get great response from that, uh, from the videos I post. And, you know, it never fails. It never fails to deliver some memorable moment every year in Indian and watching Graham Rahal. Make the field and then get bumped from the field because he basically had a car he couldn't go back out in to defend himself because of a broke broken weight jacker on the car. And We could get into that some other time on some other uh, podcast, but uh, and but just to see him after 15 straight Indy 500s and he's come close over there several times to to being a factor if not winning that race to see him suddenly bumped out uh, because he couldn't defend himself and to see the raw emotion, both from him, his father, and of course, uh, his uh, beautiful wife, Courtney Force, former uh, um, funny car driver in NHRA and his two young infant, two young daughters, so cute. But just to see that all play out uh, and be feet away from it is, you know, it's both a privilege and wow, what a moment you don't forget, you know, and I've, I've been privileged to see a lot of stuff over there. And that's one of them, and uh, and it'll 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 definitely uh, stick in my mind forever. And I don't know if you paid any attention to that over the weekend, uh, Spence, but you know, getting in a race car and going fast around Indianapolis is not all about just having guts and putting your foot to the floor. Things have to be just right, right? Yeah, I mean it,
0: it's it's almost like you know we always we I equate everything back to football because it's what yeah, I love. Yeah, me too. But- or vice versa, yeah. It's like trying to win a national championship, trying to even make the Indy 500, let alone win the thing. You know, Ohio State has a punt, like we just talked about, the long time are supposed to give it to a, an up back. Uh, and next thing you know, Michigan scored another touchdown and you're out of the Big Ten championship game. Yes. And you, you think that you've got this perfect thing dialed up. Graham Rahal thinks he's got this, this lap dialed up that's really great. Then he gets bumped from the race. And, and you sit back and think, man, if that one little thing would have just went a different way, I might have won the Indy 500. Well, if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't get taken out of the Peach Bowl, I State might have won a national championship. So, you know, that's what the, the fragility, the greatness, but also the fragility of sports, right, is that yes. these little tiny things could go differently. Like if T. Higgins catches the ball and then tucks it instead of holding it out and, you know, still fumbles.
1: Well, no, that, was State, a bad, that was a bad replay. Well, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> it, it's
0: just those, you know, if uh, Maurice Claret doesn't run down Sean Taylor and strip the ball from him, Ohio State in 2014 was snapping a 40-year streak rather than a 10-year streak. Yes. So, you know, it's it's just one of those crazy things where, you know, for Graham Rahal, it's terrible and you, and you watch it. And we kind of got the duality of sport this weekend, right? Graham Rahal, heartbroken to miss the miss the Andy 500. Then you've got Michael Block at the PGA Championship up at Oak Hill Acing number fifteen with Rory McIlroy hanging on him and you know uh, making a few hundred thousand dollars as a PGA professional. So the the sports are sports are simply the best, Tim. Uh, they're the worst and the best at once, uh, and and that's what makes them so great, right?
1: Yeah, and and real quick before we go, you know, and this is it's always been a pet peeve of mine that, but it's what makes sports sports. It's what it's what makes the Ohio State Michigan game the game is that the fans give a damn about their team, you know, and feel bad when their team loses. Uh, And I I understand that and feel ecstasy when their team wins. But, you know, I've always, and I'm glad I kind of got into sports writing because I've always felt this way. I like watching the show. You know what I mean? I like watching it happen. And, uh, and the fact that there's a winner or a loser Kind of takes away from the effort sometimes, you know. And you know, like we were just talking about, I think I beat by Georgia, forty-two to forty-one, not forty-two to nothing, you know. But the difference of one point being the winner or loser. I mean, at, at Indy the other day, Alex Palou wins the pole. This is a four-lap qualifying run, at, at an average of more than two hundred thirty-four miles an hour, and he wins the pole position over over uh, Renus VK by basically 0. .0 something of a second, I mean, excuse me, of a mile per hour average over four laps around a 2.5 mile oval. You know, Brenda's VK had a hell of a run, man. So yeah. did Felix Rosenquist, who was third. And uh, and that's your front row for the Indianapolis 500. But but you, you know, uh, Alec, uh, Alex Pelot gets all of the credit, I mean, gets all of the acclaim. He's the poll winner for the 2023 Indy 500 when, in fact, you can't even compute. You can't even think in your head quick enough the difference between him and Renas VK. And uh, so that, that's what always gets me about sport is unless somebody just falls down and, you know, refuses to play or refuses to give effort, I think everybody should be applauded for the effort and then enjoy what you just witnessed as a fan, you know, but that's just the way I think. Because really what's driving the collectives, what drives the uh, furor, for Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Texas football. I'm just naming a few, right, of the Blue Bloods. Is it the passion of the alumni base and of the the Subway alumni, you know, that really give a damn uh, about their school and take pride in it, almost like you take pride in your country's army, right? Yeah,
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, Tim, because, like, you know, Ohio State and Georgia – Will look back in 15 years as one of the great, great all-time semifinal games ever. You got the yes. Georgia, Oklahoma Rose Bowl. You've got Ohio State, Georgia here in in the Peach Bowl. I was just happy to be a small sliver of that, being in the press box and being able to see it in person, thanks to Leonard Rowe. But you know, it's it's crazy that you, you know. I, it it also makes me think of Noah Ruggles, who is now the most accurate kicker in Ohio state history. And I wrote about that this weekend at lettermanrow.com and I tweeted out that he's going to be hard to replace. And that's the duality of sport. Again, his fans were tweeting me back and I got some, some direct messages from people just berating me for saying that he would be hard to replace. Cause he couldn't make a 50 yard field goal. Yeah. This is a guy who's the most accurate kicker now percentage wise in Ohio state history. You know, Mike Nugent's still revered around Ohio state. And, and you know, then you've got this Noah Ruggles thing where, you kind of have to compartmentalize what happened. You know, that's what Ohio State fans always have to do, and that's what you know. The great moments in sports have a loser, yep. but they don't have to be remembered as losers. They can yeah. be remembered as a team who lost, not losers. Yeah, and and I think that's important to remember. Like Graham Rahal lost his bid to make the Indy Five Hundred. That doesn't make him a loser. It just means that he lost the race. And I think, and it,
1: and it, but know, it brings to honest, it brings to the four the team aspect of everything because it yeah. wasn't. You know, they, they had problems with all four of their cars being fast enough. It had nothing to do with the driver uh, being, uh, like I said, gutsy enough. And uh, that little bit of difference makes such a huge difference, you know, in race cars. It's the closest field in any 500 history. You know, it was only like three and a half, four miles an hour between the front row and the back row. I mean, of, of qualifying. I mean, that's nuts. And uh, so, yeah, and the same thing with Noah Ruggles, you know, well, his... Field goal won the Rose Bowl the year before, you know. <laughs> so, you know, you're remembered basically for what you just did yesterday. So for the most part. Uh, and what are you going to do for me tomorrow? But, hey, like I said, uh, Spence, happy uh, happy marriage, happy wife, happy life. Keep that in mind throughout. That's my, that's my advice to you. And uh, thank you for joining the Tim May Show again, my man.
0: Tim, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: On. We're going to do this a few more times in the summer after you get back from your luxurious Hawaii uh, honeymoon. Uh, you may be all tuckered out by then. We'll see, man. But uh, have fun, uh, have fun near the craters of the Ohio- Hawaiian Islands, will you?
0: I will certainly try. I'll do my best. We'll see. All
1: right. Happens. Yeah, the land between the craters and the ocean—that's what Hawaii is. That's all of. That's all of what Hawaii is. But uh, but uh, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate uh, Spencer Holberg joining me. This is Tim May for the Tim May Show. We will see you then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?